You're listening to All Ears with Somewhere Soul. Welcome to episode six of the All Ears podcast. This is Josh Mason, and today I'll be speaking with singer-songwriter, instrumentalist and producer Sam Wills. As well as releasing his own solo projects, Sam has collaborated with the likes of Georgia Smith, Tom Mish, Joe Hertz, Moods, among many others. Throughout this episode, we'll take a deep dive into both his collaborative and creative process, as well as how he moulded himself as an artist. Sam Wills, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Our pleasure. I don't know why I'm whispering like this. (laughs) (laughs) So, you've been very busy, haven't you, recently? Talk to me about um, Bruno Major. Yeah, that was was sick. Um, Yeah, playing Coco was... um, an amazing experience. I've wanted to play there for ages. So mm. um, when Bruno's team hit me up, I was I was really happy. And also, I'm a big fan of Bruno. So um, yeah, is was... that one of the bigger venues you've you've played? Um, for my own music, uh, yes. I, I um, the only bigger one I did was um, when I got up on Tom Mish's set at Somerset House. Um, oh, when you yeah, did that was a house show. Uh, where are you either? Yeah, yeah. Um, that was amazing. Um, but yeah, for my own music, definitely the uh, the biggest. Nice. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's funny actually because I've actually been a fan of you since um, your song with Alex Perez. Damn. Which no, is we're going back now. <laughs> Sick man. Well, I don't know if you remember, but um, basically through uni, I was always just. I've always been obsessed with vocalists Mm -hmm. and I used to absolutely rinse your acoustic version of the Alex Perez song on YouTube, which is like 9,000 views. It's like a shaky video camera. Yeah, yeah. I used to just play that all the time through uni, being like, who is this guy? Like, when's he going to like release music? And then... Yeah, about 25 years later. Yeah. Oh, sick, man. Yeah, yeah. So, um... Yes, the first thing I sort of wanted to talk to you about was just how you got into music, um, Mm. your sort of early influences and education and things like that, really. Well, um, my earliest memory of like like being obsessed with music was when my mum, she bought me a um, Michael Jackson uh, VHS tape of his like biggest hits, like music videos. And um, I was like obsessed with that and used to play it on repeat and um and I think that must have been quite important because I take a lot of influence from Michael Jackson's music now um so yeah and then I started um like I we got a piano when I was young and I used to play around on that but um I started playing piano properly and singing um getting lessons when I was uh, I think I was 10 um and then I had lessons for um quite a few years I think about eight years and um and started writing music pretty much as soon as I started to be able to play chords and and sing um mm. so uh yeah and like when I was just getting into it I was inspired quite a lot by John Legend Jamie Cullum like the people who played piano and mm. sang um so uh Alicia Keys as well um so yeah that's kind of how I got into it and I haven't really looked back yeah. since um, so yeah. And were you learning music through sort of education? Or? Yes. Well, I, uh, yeah, I did A-level music. Um, and then I went to the Academy of Contemporary Music in Guildford for a year. Got a high diploma in artist development and songwriting, whatever that means. I think it was the first year of them doing it. But um, yeah, which was great for meeting people and 
and like-minded musicians and stuff. Um, and then since then, I've just been um, honing my uh, craft, I guess, and, mm. and just trying to do it every day. That's really interesting. What does um, like studying songwriting? How does that sort um, of? What's that like? How does that work? I mean, it's a bit difficult, obviously, to teach songwriting. I think, um, but there are some structures, some some things that are consistent through a lot of genres and um, and skills that like you do tend to um, have when you're making music every day and I think like just putting it out on paper like this is what most people do um I think can be helpful um I don't think it's necessary uh the reason I went there was mainly to because I was 18 and I wasn't really ready to just be like okay cool I'm gonna do music now and I didn't really have any idea what was going on they had a like dedicated business side to it and so they you know you learn a bit more about how the music business works um which is really important Mm. um so yeah it was it was helpful um but i kind of it's the kind of thing that you do get to learn yourself as well um by just being in the music industry um but it was good to get a little heads up i guess yeah um but pretty much as soon as I started going there was the the first time I started to collaborate with um, Shogun Audio, um, oh. which is the label that Alex Perez is on. Yeah. Um, so I, ironically, none of the opportunities that I've had have tended to come from there. Um, but a lot of people have had a lot of good stuff from it, so I can't sure. knock it so really. So was that your first musical output in terms of putting stuff out there online into like the public domain mm, no i used to put loads of crappy demos on uh on myspace back in the day um when i was like 14 15 i used to just record it and put it straight up they, and they really, really sucked but it didn't really matter i was quite young well, that's good so you never had that sort of internal battle about no what people would think of it and no i was i was very i was very fortunate actually because i had a family that were really um, encouraging um, and my primary school that I went to in, um, I used to live in Surrey and, um, I was in a little duo back then. Um, and we used to make music and play in school assemblies and like, we were so young and people used to love it and we thought we were like Kings. So basically we, uh, our confidence, uh, grew so much that actually it was really beneficial, even though it was a little bit misinformed. <laughs> um, it gave me the confidence to be like, I can do this. Um, and I think that's that's still there in the back of my mind. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure how we got onto that point, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the early stuff you were putting out was that just you on keys and singing, or were you had you like dipped your foot in the water of production at that point? No, not not when I was younger. Um, no, I was um, just piano and singing. I had a keyboard, um, so I used to record the keyboard straight from the keyboard, and um, I had a little. Um, dynamic mic and just used to sing into that and uh, yeah that was more than enough for me back in the day I guess um, that's possibly you could argue the best foundation to then go on to production mm, is just to strip everything back to mm, songwriting I, yeah. and keys and I, often I, I kind of go back to that because those are the most important elements really the, mm. you know the, 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 the vocals and the, and the chords um, so uh, yeah it was good it was good to, a good way to get started I think yeah, so so when you um, collaborated with Alex Perez, how did that come about? 
because he's a he was a DB artist, yeah. right? Did it feel like a? Did you have to sort of consider whether you were sort of veering off in a strange direction, or did you see it as a good opportunity? What was the sort of thought process when you got involved well, with it? Um, I started doing drum and bass vocals when I was about, I think I, I was 18. Um, and I liked drum and bass anyway. Um, I was, uh, yeah, I was quite big on drum and bass back then. And the idea of being able to sing on one of those tracks, of course, it's completely different to my stuff, but that is the beauty of having uh, a feature is that it means that you can explore loads of different avenues without it affecting your core music really mm. um and back then i didn't have any music out and i was kind of up for experimenting a bit so um <clears throat> i actually first the first drum and bass vocal i think i did was um with this um joke called spectrosol oh, um yeah. and uh and then yeah it kind of led to the alex perez one um, but i did a load of drum and bass really um yeah and uh it was really cool man um, I got to, you know, guest on some shows and got to like see like my name on vinyl and and like being shared by other people rather than just me putting it out, like getting my name spread to other people. And um, it was really cool, man. And is how I met my manager as well because mm-hmm. um, he he works at Shogun Audio. He's like co-owns it. So um, yeah, it led to a lot of good things for me. Did you have any idea how big the track would get because i remember that the shadow child remix of that song was at mm. a point one of the biggest like yeah done like every club you'd go in you'd yeah hear and it, it got did the you same, experience same it yourself in clubs and stuff i yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it was, was the it weird? weirdest thing yeah. man i loved it yeah but, uh yeah it was it was it was pretty crazy man um so yeah i'm so grateful for doing that and and i also recorded a music video for it as well so I got all that experience under my belt and um yeah again kind of gave me the confidence to keep keep moving but I did at one point have to be like right I'm not going to be doing drum and bass vocals that's not my like long-term career so I stopped doing it at at one point because I thought right it's time to focus on my my own style so it was like an active decision you're like it was an active decision and it was also an active decision to decide exactly stylistically where I'm going to be at because by that point I'd done quite a lot of drum and bass I'd done and like and my music kind of was drifting between genres and I thought like what is the most consistent thing that I've done since day one um and that to me was was soul and that's the music that I listened to the most music that I most enjoyed so in general so um yeah I actively decided that's what I was going to do um which made the most sense to me. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a weird one being like, oh, actually, what what is my music now? Mm. Um, yeah, so what was the process of sort of finding your, you hear artists always talk about like finding their sound. It's still going. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think you ever like settle on your sound. Well, I don't think so. But um, I think you're definitely close from... It's like, yeah, I feel from my more comfortable than I've ever felt Um on what my music is at the moment. And I'm also comfortable with it changing, mm-hmm. um, which is good. It's like, it's nice and settling grounding to, to just let it happen rather than to be worrying about it or not worrying, but thinking about it. Um, uh, so yeah, it just kind of came about, like I said, by 
working out what comes most naturally to me. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it's come about. And then, so what sort of stage did you start um, getting more into the production side of things? Um, well, I always like used to record my my music, um, and I did music tech at A level, um, and uh, I guess it's just it's always been there, but kind of getting more and more important to me um to do because i'm not really making just piano and singing songs anymore um and i mean i'm only i would say i'm only now getting to the point where i i'd be confident enough to release the music i've produced Mm -hmm. um myself um it's taken a long time because i've focused so much on the the songs themselves the 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 melodies the the lyrics and the and the chords and um it's always been a bit secondary because Mm -hmm. there are so many talented producers in the uk and in london and where i'm from in hastings um and um it's just uh yeah it's taken a bit of a back seat but i've been really enjoying it recently Mm. um hastings that must be a nice place to write songs having been there myself is yeah, really, um, the old town's like magical and being it's close to the, man. the sea. And there's so much music down there, so much art. Um, so it's um, yeah, it's an, a wicked place to 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 grow up and to mature musically. Um, there's because you can. I've played so many gigs there. I've got so much experience from it. Um, there are loads of people there that I've looked up to, um, <clears throat> and everyone embraces music there. Like all the all the bars all the uh, venues they celebrate local live music um so yeah it's been it's been amazing for me and i bring people down often from london like i've had jordan tom you yeah know, I've, had, I've had them all down um that's really nice because i feel like a lot of time artists feel like they need to be in london mm. or they feel like drawn to london i think um it's very handy that i'm close enough to london that i can uh, do a day in mm-hmm. London without it having to travel for six hours or whatever. Um, it'd be nice if it was a bit closer, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm thankful that I've grown up there rather than in London. Cause I think it's, so, there's so much talent here and there's, there's so much going on that I think it would be easy to get a bit lost, um, with the amount of, yeah, amazing people that are here. But um, again, it's, it's a lot of it is to do with confidence. Like even, f- so harking back to like my primary school days, where it kind of carried on because you're so celebrated in Hastings as a musician that you feel like you really, like you can do it, you know? Mm. Um, and I think that is one of the biggest things in um, music, trying to make it as an artist um, to keep you going is is confidence that what you're doing is is right because it I know a lot of artists that have just kind of fallen away because they've lost belief mm. um, because it's so hard you know um, to to make make an impression. Um, yeah, so it yeah. sounds like you never really had many um, big doubts. It sounds like from day one you were fairly driven and you had the right sort of signals at the right times to keep you mm, definitely when I was getting into the industry um and getting into like releasing my own music properly um I've definitely had my fair share of doubts um but um I feel like it's the only thing that I want to do um so I've kind of persevered and pushed and 
Um, but no, I've, I've definitely had times where I wondered whether I'm actually good enough, whether my music's good enough. Um, but I, I know that you just got to keep pushing. And, and what sort of points have you had those doubts? Has it been after you've released music or as you're trying to create? It's like during some of the creative processes, like if, you know, I've had maybe two months where I've not come up with anything and you think, well, if I just lost it, then like, is that it now? Mm. Um, but I think it's important to learn when you need to step away and learn you know, listen to loads of music, um, meet up with musical people and just play, play some songs and not worry too much about it. I think stress is the biggest killer of vibes, mm. honestly. Like if you're stressed about something, like I, I can't be creative. If I'm sad about something, I can be creative. If I'm happy, I can be creative. But if I'm panicked, if I'm stressed. That's um, Carmody was on the show recently talking about songwriting mm. and she said she doesn't understand people who can write songs from a happy place oh uh, really which is uh, interesting that you, you mm. noted that if you're happy you can write uh yeah i think so yeah I, I, it's more i guess content is a better word for it mm -hmm. um i've like when my mind is most free you know um is when i'm content or when i feel strongly an emotion that isn't stress um but yeah, no, I don't really write happy songs that much. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I've ever written like a proper happy, like it's a major chords song. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to do that because mm -hmm. um, I haven't done it yet. But um, so far I haven't found myself writing them. So <laughs> Yeah, so is this similar to um, at a couple of shows? I know you've um, introed your song Years mm. by talking about you were stuck in a creative process where you weren't yeah. producing and then you... Yeah, I went to a... Um, a went on a bender. <laughs> yeah, basically I went on a massive bender, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, um, it was quite eye-opening actually. Um, yeah, I basically just uh, was in my room writing every day or trying to write every day. Um, pressure to come up with the next EP. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I just wasn't really going out much, seeing many people, and it wasn't. I wasn't getting anywhere. So, uh, but I was invited to this stag do in North Wales in this like amazing mansion. Um, we had the whole place to ourselves all week, all weekend, and uh, basically, you know, it was a stag do. You, you do your thing. <laughs> um, and one of the mornings, came down, hung over. There was a guitar lying around, and um, yeah, I just sat on my own and just made loads of like stuff. Um, on my voice memos just recorded it I mean I didn't end up using any of it but it was just really nice to know that it's still possible that you can just sit there and, and write music yeah. and um, and it was something about being in that state of like I'm not needing to be writing music now I'm not I'm, like I'm not in that mode which made it so much easier and so I learned a lot from that um, knowing you've got to chill out sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's just no pressure on you to... <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you put and, down the guitar, go back to bed, no one's going to care. And I still find I'm, I'm at my most creative, like outside of what would be considered working hours um, because I think mentally I feel like, oh, I don't need to be doing this right now because I've, I've set myself like you, like the usual hours, or I used to rather. Like I'd try and have 
weekends to chill out and mm-hmm. um, all week I would work, you know, nine to six or whatever and then go to the gym and then chill out. But um, I don't do that anymore. Mm, I just kind that's of... interesting. Uh, I just do it whenever I want, all, all day, uh, go to the gym, come back um, and then, you know, write music up until 12 at night maybe and I just find the evenings is, is a bit bit more chilled out for me and it's easier but that's not you know that's not every time but um yeah often it's the case that's really interesting so yeah. what was the what was the creative process like for your last ep was that when you were sort of discovering that you work better this way that you shouldn't do things so rigid? yeah yeah i think it was um yeah it's around yeah my last ep um and did you produce the tracks on that ep I co-produced yeah. um, them, um, but no, I worked with some very talented people as well. Um, shout out to Pharaoh, Jay Muncy, Jordan, um, and others. Um, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was really cool, man. But it was. Uh, yeah, that was the time that I kind of settled in to uh, where I'm at now and how I how I create now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and and it's interesting because when I was sort of looking into you as a podcast guest just to do mm. my as much research as possible, you're one of those artists where your name just pops up sort of all over the place. <laughs> um, and you can see how busy you've been sometimes sort of behind the scenes. Like I think a lot of people maybe wouldn't uh, realise how much you're sort of collaborating with with, with people. Yeah. Um, you've worked with what, Georgia Smith, um, Tom Mish, Moods, Imar, Joe Hurts. Like it's a long, long mm. list. Um, how did those sort of collaborations come around and how do you find the creative process when you're collaborating different to when you're doing your solo stuff? Um, well, they all came about differently. Um, but um, for example, uh, the Tom, Tom Mish, how I got to know Tom was, um, I think someone tagged him in one of my Instagram videos um, and yeah he just, he just literally hit me up and was like um, do you want to collaborate for my next beat tape I was like yeah definitely and that's wicked <laughs> and uh, it just came back like that and that, I think how you make connections a lot of the time in music is um, like personally contacting people often through social media so you're um, doing that yourself directly yeah, yeah. I, I always have found that is the best way um and the most natural way as well. If it's mm. set up by, you know, labels, managers or whatever, it's always a little bit forced often. Um, but it's definitely really nice to kind of have that personal connection before you even get in the room. Um, and, you know, I was already a fan of Tom. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was great. And, yeah, that's how most of them have come come about, really, I think. It's so nice to hear that songs like... Um your track with Tom Miss, which I'm sure I speak on behalf of many people, where it's one of the, like my favourite tracks oh. on the whole of like Beat Tape 2. Oh man, thank you. Um, it's so nice to hear that coming from a completely organic place. Because mm. um, I think you never know when you see artists collaborating. For me personally, I'm never sure where, whether it's a manager reaching out, like you say, or an agent, or it's, it's so nice to hear that it is just people mm. hooking up through social media with a mutual respect. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I um I definitely think it's the best way and um yeah, it just feels the most natural. It's the same with Jordan as well, like 
we, um, back when Jordan was living in Brisbane, um, I heard his music on, on SoundCloud. Um, he had like a few thousand followers or whatever. And, uh, yeah. And then he hit me up like, cause I did a collab with some, someone, um, I can't remember which tune it was, but, um, he hit me up like, yo, I love that, love that song. I was like, I love your songs. And then, uh, <laughs> when he moved to London, I was like, let's, let's get in and jam. And, uh, and that's how we did that as well. And then we've collaborated a few times now. So, um, yeah, especially I think this scene, um, that's a lot of how, how it's done. Yeah. Um, it's very DIY, um, organic, mm. how it comes together, um, which is really nice. Yeah. And what about with Georgia Smith? Mm, that was a different one. Yeah. So that track, I, I co-produced it essentially. Um, I didn't have a hand in the the melodies. Um, I think that was Georgia and Maverick Saber. I believe. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, yeah, that one, um, I actually wrote that beat for me. Um, no way. With um, Cadenza um, in like just an afternoon session, just like three or four hour session. Um, and it kind of sat in the pot for a while. And uh, in the end, we gave it to Georgia to make tune, which uh, I think is definitely a better home for it, to be honest. It, <laughs> she smashed it. So, uh, yeah, that's how that one came about. So did you, you know each other beforehand yeah. or? Um, me, I've never actually met Georgia, <laughs> um, which is often how it's done yeah. in the industry. It's um, you collaborate with people and you don't, you don't meet them, um, which is pretty crazy, really. Mm. But um, yeah, so that one is kind of the other end of the spectrum. Um, but I'm so glad it happened because, um, as I say, she smashed it and I love the song mm. um, and it's done pretty well. So, uh, yeah, I'm really glad about that. Yeah. But since since then, me and um, Cadenza, we've got in the studio and we kind of thought, well, it worked quite well that time. So um, we've been getting in and making beats and sending them to people and doing that, which is a really cool other avenue to explore. And it was it's kind of some of the first, like, Production bits I've done for the sake of production. Sure. Um, before. Um, so, and that has paved the way for me mentally to then start working with other artists, producing and writing f- for them. Yeah. Which I hadn't really done before. Where does um, the responsibility lie? Say if you s- create something, you send it out, and then let's say you don't like the output. Is that, if you sort of said, here's, here's my beat, do with it what you want, or is it, try something with this and we'll see if it um works. I think it I think it's got to be a two way yeah. thing um but um yeah you kind of have to take it by a case on case basis um but yeah if someone sends it back and I haven't really had it where I've really strongly disliked it so I think the people we send it to is often mm. people that we we like um but um it's still pretty early days for me so um ask me that in a year's time <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's been fun. And was Moods close to the Georgia Smith end of the spectrum in terms of... No, no, that was more of a... Um, he sent me a tune um, being like, hey, I'd love to hear your vocal. Like, I'd love to do a tune with you basically for my EP. Um, and so we we fired across some stuff because he's from Rotterdam. Mm-hmm. So he fired across a beat. I was like, I like this, but can you try something a bit slower? And they'd be like, cool. And the next day we'd send over something else. I'd be like, sick, can you just switch that a little bit? And then uh, and then he sent me the beginnings of uh, the song that we did, which is called How I Feel. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, yeah, I love that song. It's one of my favourites that I've worked on, and um, and yeah, and then I went out to Rotterdam. I've I've done done some stuff with him since. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, yeah, I I think Moods is amazing, and he's like one his of, output is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> he's so talented, and he's been in the scene for such a long time now. And he was like one of the first people that I heard with that um, kind of out those drums that are kind of swung in that mm. special way that kind of diller swing um like you know i i got into him around the same time i got into d'angelo and mm. diller like he was one of the, and like him evil needle like early selection days was probably that was probably i got into all of it at the same time which was an amazing time for me because yeah, yeah. uh, before then i was like with the classic like soul vibes like us soul um <clears throat> but yeah, that that really changed um, how I approach music, and uh, so yeah, I, I heard a remix from Moods. I think it was his Ashtray Nuts remix. I can't remember what the song's called, but um, yeah. So when he reached out with, to me, I was like honoured. So with Moods, when you're writing to someone else's music, how does the process differ? Then is it slightly less? sort of personal or how does just your writing process change at all mm, um it's different for every every artist that you work with some some uh want you to have a hand in the production as well to make it kind of more um your vibe um but often like with the people i've worked with um i like to have some sort of input on on the beat as well um even if it's just like comments on like what I think would be cool or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of point of a collaboration most of the time, I think. But yeah, there are definitely times where I've been sent just beats to write vocals to, but I, t I tend not to do that. Mm. And I tend not to, for my own music as well, I tend not to do that. Like I might go in the room with a producer and they'll be like, yo, I've got this beat, which I think, and even if it's a really sick beat, I'm always hesitant to because it doesn't feel genuine. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's when you're featuring on someone else's beats, you know, they're, they're the producer. Like you can't really get too um, deep into it because mm. it would take it away from them. You know, it's, it's uh, kind of, you work with each other um, yeah. and you come up with the best music you can. Basically, I think is the general idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you, you mentioned um, earlier about changing your sort of routine and your structure of creating. How mm. often are you collaborating and how often are you sort of just working on your own stuff? What's your sort of weekly... I know you said you don't have a schedule, but... Yeah. Um, well, I would say I spend most of the time um, on my own um, working on either beats that I've started with... Um, you know, a couple of collaborators. I tend not to work with too many people anymore. I, I went through a time, like I was testing the waters. I wanted to see what worked for me. So, um, and I wanted to find my team as well to work together moving forward. So I was, you know, I was in sessions with lots of different producers working on beats and, and, and stuff for other people and stuff for, for me. And um, I think I've pretty much worked out how I want to do it moving forward. And, um, there's a couple of producers that are are amazing, so I I spend some time in the studio with them, make the 
make the beginnings of stuff, work on it on my own, come back, maybe finish it like that. And then I start, and then often I start stuff on my own, make, well, I make, a, make a whole tune on my own as well. Um, and um, so, yeah, it's a bit of, bit of everything really. Um, and then maybe one, I probably have at the moment, one or two days a week where I'm um, in the studio working with other people and increasingly um, writing for other people as well because it's kind of an avenue that I've wanted to explore for a while. So, um, but I've definitely been focusing on my own stuff and I'm working on an album at the moment. So, yeah. so it's um, definitely taking the focus at the moment. Nice. Mm. And do you find it difficult to just like switch off at the weekends? How sort of um, over I, sort of... Not overwhelming, but how all-consuming do you find being an artist? It can be very intense. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, as I say, a lot of the time now, um, I work from when I get up to when I go to sleep, um, which is the same with a lot of creative people because it's just, it's always on your mind and you're always thinking of new things. And um, But I, I, I do, I'm doing that out of choice. You know, I didn't always do that. Um, but I tend to try and keep the weekends to not do music if I can. Um, there are some times where, where it's not possible, you know, and, mm. um, the music comes first. Um, so, but, um, yeah, I try and switch my mind off now, um, on weekends. Yeah. And this, this might be a bit of a <clears throat> funny avenue to go down, but I'm very aware that this yeah. episode is going to get released next week, which mm-hmm. is very close to Christmas. It is. <laughs> Christmas for you is it a good time for you as an artist do you enjoy it are you inspired do you try and like unwind I love Christmas yeah my man, my man. <laughs> yeah no I love a bit of Christmas um, and like most of the music industry just ceases to operate yeah from, from like from around now to kind of I don't know well into the new year <laughs> so um, it's kind of a yeah I, I embrace it as a time to um, spend time with family and friends and um, and, uh, and yeah, not do too much music. Um, but then when I do music over that time, it's nice, mm. you know, as well, because it feels less pressured and it's a nice environment. Um, you ever been tempted for a Christmas song? Yes. Yeah. And I will do. I've one, seen a lot more day. of it this yeah. year, yeah. which is so nice. It's really yeah. nice. Natty Reeves, Carmody, Miri Dolsham, all doing, all doing Christmas, Christmas songs. Stuff. Yeah. Really nice to hear. And like really good Christmas yeah. songs that feel like fairly timeless already. It's it's really nice to to hear and, I agree. and see. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to uh, try my hand at a Christmas song, but not this year. Yeah, but um, I, I'll probably post a little um, cover of something. I reckon. Nice. To, uh, I did a thing last year. I, I uh, our football coming up. home was. Really beautiful. It really like tugged at the heartstrings. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a good. That was a good one. Um, but yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and switch up a classic. I reckon yeah. just for a little little insta vid. But no, no, no original material this year. <laughs> Watch this face. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So plans for the future. Do you use Christmas as a time to sort of reflect on the year and mm. how you're going to do things differently next year? Or mm. it's definitely more the same of. I think it's definitely a time for, for, for a lot of people to reflect on the year they've had and um, plan for the future. Um, everyone always thinks the next year is going to be bigger than the last, um, but I definitely do think yeah. that's going to be the case for me because um, 
I guess um, you have to as an artist. Well, yeah, you've got to keep yeah. growing, I guess. Yeah. Um, it would be pretty sad to be like, that was my best year. <laughs> <laughs> All downhill. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, to reflecting, yeah. And, and kind of when you're doing music all the time and you're in it all the time, you, you very rarely pause to look back. I think that's that's same with everyone. Like mm. you're so busy, you don't look back at the good times and what you've achieved. And um, yeah, I think it's um, a good thing to do. Yeah. Um, to check in once in a while. Definitely. Mm. Right. So we've reached time for some quick fire. Quick fire. Well, not that quick. They're never that quick, but okay, just cool. questions and answers that come from. <laughs> we didn't have that many, and then I woke up this morning and just loads of people had messaged in um, last night. That's all my mates. So, yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we going to start with? Okay, so you were recently speaking about covers. One of the questions was, would you ever release full versions of the covers you post on Insta? And they put brackets JT, big exclamation. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe. I, I might do a extend, like a full song version on YouTube or something. Mm. I wouldn't like release it on Spotify or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if there was enough people asking, mm-hmm. then uh, I try and listen to the people. <laughs> was it Crimea River that she might be It was... Oh my god, I can't remember. remember. I think it was oh, da, 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 like I love you. Yeah, yeah. You're a good girl. Yeah. Banger. Absolute banger. That little three second can <laughs> keep her satisfied for <laughs> until the until the YouTube version until comes out. Until the full out. end. <laughs> yeah. Um if you could book in some studio time tomorrow with any artist, who would you pick? Oh my god. Uh Oh, I don't know. Maybe um, Pharrell. Jeez. <laughs> let's do yeah. let's, let's Let's aim high, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pharrell. Pharrell's made so many bangers that, mm. I, that I've loved. And since just jingles and stuff. It's like he just, <laughs> he just gets it, doesn't he? He, he kills it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right, Sam Wills, Pharrell. We'll prioritise that one over mm. the JT cover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm down. Um, who's your favourite singer? Oh my god, Michael, just Jackson. Michael Jackson. Okay, cool. Any if, more? Let's just list a few. Oh, favorite just, singers. Yeah, list a few just out, uh, of, out of interest. Singers or like artists? Like, am I talking about specifically the voice? I think, yes. Forget the music, just vocalists. Leanne Le Havas. Mm. Um, oh, that's really put me on spot. Uh, D'Angelo. Um, who else? Um, oh, that that do that's three. Yeah, I can't think. I'm just put me on. Oh, Alicia Keys. Mm. Um, yeah, I uh, listened to that. Jeff was Buckley. It? Okay, his yeah, yeah. voice is insane. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> um, any advice for a guitarist wanting to start singing? Uh, sing. Don't think too much about it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you sh- like everyone can sing. Um, it is a case of putting in the time like any instrument. I guess if you are not sure at all, like what you're doing, get a couple of lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, that would teach you how to breathe properly and how to project. Yeah. Um, and where like tongue placement is quite important as well. And, and singing, not from the 
shoulders and the chest, but from lower down. Um, so yeah, maybe get a couple of singing lessons. Yeah. Um, ask around, put a status on Facebook. Does anyone have any like good singing teachers or have any experience and pick a good one? Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm, I'm by no means a singer, but I sing and produce sort of for my enjoyment sometimes. And I find it quite mm. inspiring to listen to artists who aren't amazing singers, mm. but their music is incredible. Mm-hmm. And you sort of listen to them. And I think it's that idea. I think Laura Moose spoke about this once. There's a perception of what it takes to be a singer. You have to sound a certain way mm. when, like you say, anyone can sing. Yeah. And if you love music, then it's a, it's a real shame not to... Learn to love your out. voice as well. Mm. Like, it takes a lot of people a long time to come, like, record and listen to it and grow to love it. Because, um, you know, there's it's... Um, a lot of that is confidence with yourself. And once you become confident, um, I think um, your voice gets a lot better because you're not you're not restraining yourself. You're not holding back. Um, and sing in front of your friends and your family and, and uh, open mics and mm. um, confidence is key. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and that sort of leads on to the next question, which is what instruments do you play? Because you said you wrote a bunch of stuff for that house party while playing the guitar? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I play a bit of guitar. Um, Did that ever make you start to sort of lay the foundations for other songs on guitar first or I've done it a few times yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't call myself a guitarist but um, I do like to pick up the guitar and have it play around um, and it's very useful sometimes to get out of the piano and singing vibe you can write a lot of different music when you're starting on a different instrument and I've just started to pick up the, uh, the clarinet which is fun yeah <laughs> I can't play it very well at all <laughs> but um, it is I love the clarinet and yeah. um, I've actually started a couple of songs by just uh, turning the mic on and just playing some really? stuff on the clarinet. Yeah, just ways of getting out the standard way of start starting things to inspire like new ways of doing it, you know. Just putting yourself sort of outside your comfort, comfort zone. Comfort zone, yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, um, definitely helps. Okay, so... So, quick ones. We had, when is he coming to LA? And when is he coming to Netherlands? Uh, LA, I would love to come back soon. Um, we'll see. I'm like, I'm working on an album, as I was saying, and uh, it'll be coming next year, definitely. So, Early next year, mid, late next year? Uh, I can't say. I'm, I'm, say. I'm not sure, sure at this point. But um, after that, I'm hoping to that it will bring me to the US maybe. Um, at least I'll, I'll definitely get a UK tour going and then yeah. we'll see from there. But uh, no, I'd love to come to LA and the Netherlands, we'll, we'll see. At, le- at least that's a bit closer. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Nice. And do you always write, do you always write and sing from your own experiences or do you imagine scenarios? Um, I do both. Um, I think um, it's nice sometimes to not write about yourself all the time and to put yourself in situations and also write write about friends' experiences mm. um, because you know if you're invested in a person, um, it still feel you still feel it you know um, about their experiences as well. But um, yeah, it's a bit of everything really. I'm not I'm not too precious about it. I just um, 
write songs about whatever I want, (laughs) (laughs) basically. So, uh, yeah, it can come from a range of different places. Um, So, yeah. And then I was going to ask, the last one was first record you bought, but you've already answered that. Well, it was VHS, but... The first record (laughs) I was bought uh, by my mum was uh, Hanson. You know, the... uh, Hanson. Okay. (laughs) Banger. Um, So, yeah. I don't know the first one I bought myself. I'm not sure. It was probably on iTunes by then. Yeah. That's Um, what I was thinking when I read the question. The first stuff I bought was like tape cassettes. mm, mm, Yeah, no, I I don't don't really remember what I personally bought first. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, sadly, that's all we've got time for. Okay. Thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having um, me, man. Really, really looking forward to the album and all the new music. And yeah, have a good Christmas. Cool, me too. Merry Christmas. Cheers. <laughs>